but it ain't. Because today you don't know who's on the Lord's side. Because today I, I, I'm so baffled of, in my life and I look around and I listen. And the saddest thing I think I'll keep encountering is this. When the folk that literally can tell me because they bold enough to say it. Yes, sir. I'm not on the Lord's side. They seem to act better than those that's supposed to be on the Lord's side. Now, I haven't figured this out yet. Because those that's on the Lord's side seem to understand that they got so much grace that they just act a fool all the, all the time. But maybe those that don't believe know grace that ran out. And they trying to fake it like they on the Lord's side. Today, I want to thank you all. I want you to keep a couple of people in prayer. I want you to pray for Sister Kim and her mom. We, we, we thank God that each day seems to be a better day. And I, I don't think the church knows this yet, but I want you to pray for our dear Sister Eva because she lost her mother Wednesday. And we need to make sure we're lifting her up and her family up in prayer because... You, all of us that done been through it know the feeling of losing a loved one. Yes, sir. Especially one that brought you in this world. Yes. So lift them up in prayer. But today I want to talk to you about, I want you to put your name wherever you feel it needs to be. Because you see, you, 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 you always should find a way to put your name somewhere in the Bible. Because most of the time we don't think this stuff speaks to us. But I think when you put your name in there, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost can start to reveal to you some stuff. You know, I've been trying to get off this uh, giving part, but God keeps saying, no, they, 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 you, you, keep, you, you stay right there. So today I want you to know about faithful giving, and today I'm coming strictly from a blessing standpoint. Yes, sir. All right, all right. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to bless you. Because we all know the Old Testament version of giving. Because God tells us in Malachi, bring it to the storehouse. Yes, sir. Bring your 10%. But most people don't know what the New Testament says. Because most of us are running around and say, I'm a New Testament Christian. So that's Malachi of the Old Testament. Yes, well, let us now see what the Bible says to the New Testament Christian. Let's start off in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 2 and 3. Paul tells us on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay aside, store up as he may prosper. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That there be no collection 
when I come. And when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to you to bear your gift to Jerusalem. Then I want you to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. And it tells us, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember your brother has something against you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Leave your gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother. Yes. Then come and offer your gift. Let the church say amen. amen. Today we're going to talk about God's New Testament perspective, perspective on giving. Many of us today always looking for financial reasons and ways to be blessed. And God's new method is it used to be the temple, but now it's the church. Yes, today the New Testament Christian has a problem with that concept of the church. But before you are able to be blessed, the first thing you got to learn how to do is before you even give whatever you give. Yes, sir. Part of your divine worship, and this is your own personal worship. Uh-huh. It's God said you got to get it right with your neighbor first. Uh-huh. There's no use to bringing up a gift if you got ops against your brother. There's no use of trying to Please, God, through your giving when you got a problem with your brother. Yes, sir. If you can't reconcile, then you might as well keep your gift. Well, why would somebody say keep your gift because I'm not reconciling with my brother? Well, Jesus is letting us know it's more important to your worship Your worship only hits the seal because it can't get to God because you got something against your brothers and sisters and your worship is not going anywhere. But when you learn to lay your gift and put it down on the altar and go tell somebody that you got odd against, we need to get this thing. So I can get blessed by God. That's what the scriptures say. If you got an eye against your brother, uh-huh. it's part of your personal worship to fix it on the altar. Yes, sir. When we have altar prayer, God is saying, learn to fix it on the altar. When we do in prayers together and intercessory prayer, God is saying, learn to fix it at the altar. Many of us are deprived of our spiritual and divine blessing because we think we got a right to hold something against people and we want to come to God and want him to bless us. And God says, do you have an art against your brother? Because your gift 
is affected by how you got a something a, something against somebody. We don't think that's important, do we? I didn't write the scripture. The Bible says we want to give, but we don't want to fix nothing. We want God to bless us, but we don't want to do what God done told us to do. Let me help you out. I would rather have Malachi blessing and give my 10% and have something against folk because that standard ain't there. But see, if I do what Jesus doesn't say, Jesus doesn't say, let me show you how important your money is to me. You can keep it. Because if you don't want to get it right with your brothers and sisters, I don't need it. But your brothers and sisters need you to get right. Because Jesus is sick of the strife and the envy and the jealousy and the things and the corruption that we continue to hold on to one another because our souls are affected. He's not worried about your money. He's worried about your So all of this stuff we've been teaching you it's all right to act this way, cut folk out, have something against people, live the way you want. I can't take it. They don't have to do it to me. He said, if you got a problem, get it fixed. Whether they accept it or not, you go fix it. The altar should be full on Sunday morning. Not to just a basket with money, but the altar should be full on Sunday morning. Because our worship is a part of our forgiving one another. Our worship is a part of our coming together with one another. The problem with grace and the problem with what God's mercy is, you keep taking advantage of it. And you keep wondering why God is not blessing you. And let me help you out. You keep wondering why more stuck. Test and track. Keep coming into your life because you think that I don't have to forgive nothing. I don't have to fix nothing. And I don't have to worry about doing it. But you want to be a New Testament Christian. Notice he didn't worry about the money. He worried about your soul. And a lot of souls is tainted because of our attitude. A lot of souls are tainted because of the way we've been taught to believe. Because the Bible says if you got an op against your brother, keep your money. He, hey, you want me to translate? Keep your money. And if you don't want to fix it with your brother, keep your money. Because God don't want it. Because he says, I'd rather you have a relationship with me then have your money. I'm after the relationship. And many of us don't want to deal with the relationship. And since we can forgive and bring our altar when you get it right, that's why I try to get it right with folks quick. Because I want to get blessed by God. See, that's why I can take your mess 
Because I can get blessed by God. You can cuss me out and call me every name in the book. That's all right. Because you ain't going to stop my blessing from God. I'm going to forgive you as soon as you get through. Because you ain't going to stop my blessing from God. You can do whatever you want to do. But as long as I can get to this altar, and I can say, Lord, forgive them. Because I don't want you not to bless me by what you want me to do. See, we don't know what be damning of our worship. We don't know what be damning of our, 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 our blessing. Well, I'm here to tell you, when you got all this hot running around, and you ain't can't get to the altar, and you can't forgive one another, I'm telling you, God says, you damning up your own blessing. How many of you been taught that that is not true? That's okay. Remember when I said put your name there? Okay, let me put your name right here. Some of you are the Corinthian church. Some of you are the Macedonian church. When Paul in chapter 16 is talking about the giving and laying aside, he's upset with the Corinthian church. Just like us, when you put your name where it's supposed to be, Paul is saying to the Corinthian church, how can you be so much of wealth and won't do what you're supposed to do? And this poor church in Macedonia, where they are struggling to get by every day, they gave abundant and exceedingly above their means and I'm trying to get you to help out, but you don't want to do it. Somebody, when you put your name where it's supposed to be, then you got to ask yourself. The Macedonian church said they first gave themselves to the Lord. I got a question for you today. Are you giving yourself first unto the Lord? Well, yes, I am. Well, wait a minute. If you done gave yourself first unto the Lord, then you should have been at the altar forgiving your brother. Because that's the first thing you need to do. So when it comes to our New Testament beliefs about money, God is literally trying to liberate you from the things that dominate your life and your belief. How many of you got folks that you so mad at because they ain't paid you? <laughs> oh, don't be acting like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You probably got them on a list. Don't ever call me for nothing. Because you, you, you know what they owe you. How many of us that the money dominates our life? And we judge everything off of how much the money is and what we want to do with the money. Well, the Macedonian church that Paul is talking about, they even told them in the scriptures that they were poor to themselves, but they overflowed with wealth with God because they gave all that they could give. And but the problem that made them so forgiving and that God loved them so much is they gave it cheer 
for leaving. Yes, sir. How many of us give to God? Cheerfully. Cheerfully. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That boy, you know, we in the house. Y'all just stay right here. You remember the woman with two mites? And all the big shots from Corinthians would run around and put their money in the, in, in, in the church, in the basket. And Jesus said, she gave more than any of them. Because she gave it all. And she trusted God. The Macedonian church is called wealthy because they gave it all. And they trusted God. They were willing to trust God and go exceedingly and abundantly to do what God done gave us to do. There used to be a time when the people of the church used to give exceedingly and abundantly so that they could be blessed by God. But today, we don't want to be blessed. We want to do everything it takes to stop our blessing. Then you got the nerve to get mad at the church and at God and say all they want is my money and God said I don't want your money let me have you first when you got money issues and giving you need to check and see if you with God when you got money issues and trying to help God's folk you need to check and see what your relationship is like with God when you want to be stingy and gradually you need to check your relationship. Because your relationship with God, y'all ain't gonna believe this, but let me tell you the scriptures, 2 Corinthians 12 and 14. I seek not what is yours, but you. I seek not what's yours. You can have your money and stop. I don't want your money and stop. I come to see you. Because when we roll that casket through, you keep all your stuff. Because your stuff ain't coming. But you better decide where you going. You can either come with me or you can go and meet somewhere else. And if you decide to go somewhere else, don't blame it on me. I came to see you. And I don't worry about your stuff. The New Testament Christian. If you understand your giving is based on your relationship to Jesus Christ. Then uh, you don't have to worry about whether you got stuff. Because all you got is two dollars, then God will take two dollars. But if your relationship is right with me, I'll take your two dollars. I'll bless you. And I'll give you more. You won't run out of whatever I need. I'm not worried about how much. I'm worried about your relationship. Yeah. That should give all you folks the freedom. You're free today. See, I done set you free today. Because it ain't based on how much. It's based on what your relationship is like with me. Because if a good Christian got it right with Jesus, it's not how much. If God say give 20%, a good Christian ain't going to question whether God wants 20%. He going to obey what God is saying. Because a good Christian will no 
pain. I know what they done been through. I wake up every morning wondering what's going to happen the next day. I walk into these schools and I hear stories of children. Where's he today? Well, pastor, he done cut himself. He's in the hospital. Wondering if he going to make it today. I know what it feels like to cry on the inside. But I'll laugh to get through the next day. Pain is around me every day. Life is hard every day. But I'm not scared to show that Jesus has gave me life and life for abundantly. I deal with children. They got an ankle bracelet. I go to the school and I say, where's Johnny? They say, Johnny ran away last night. He cut off his bracelet and he done went home. Then two days later, we own our microphone. We need to pray for Johnny's parents because Johnny is dead now. I know what it's like to hurt with pain, but Jesus. gets me through the next day. That's why the Bible says your giving should be based on what your ability to give. You should give on where God can bless you in giving. If you're blessed to give more than 10%, then you should trust God over 10%. Whatever your giving is, it should be what God that wants you to give. God should be given. But the Bible says the reason why you give to the church is you get the church to do the vision that God then gave the church. If you're on board with Jesus, then you should be on board with the vision. But if you got a problem with the vision, you need to check and see if you're on board with Jesus. Most of us give if you feel like that's what you want to do. Just because that's what you want to do. That's the mean, that's the vision that God wants you to do. One thing about a New Testament Christian, you should shout for joy because you get to do whatever you want. You don't have to live under the law. You got the freedom to do what you want. But whoa! I want y'all to know something. Woe is not in the Old Testament. Woe unto you is in the New Testament. See, that's where you got to understand. God says, woe unto you if you do this. Woe unto you if you do that. The thing you got to understand God is a volunteer God. See, when you came and got saved, he asked you, am I your Lord of your life? He asked you, did you come down to give your life to me? You could have said yes 
or you could have said nothing. He didn't make you do it. You did it on your own free will. Once you did it on your own free will, God says stewardship should be a regular gift. That's why he said lay aside. Lay aside. The first of the week. The prosperity that you done had. That way, I'm translating for you. That way, when he said, when I come to get it, will already be ready to give to me. Let me put it in modern terms. He said, lay aside the blessing that you done got the first of the week. That way, when you come to church on Sunday morning, you will give according to proportion to what I gave you. If you give me 10%, that's fine with me. If you give me 2%, that's fine with me. If you don't give me nothing, that's fine with me. But if you turn around and you ask, where's my blessing? He's going to look at you and say, what did you give me? Johnny, 
You reap what you suffer. That's the same thing as giving under legalism 10%. Because we are good at something, but we're not good at what we reap. I think one of the things that's wrong with us today, we getting back what we done sold. Our society, our country, our children, our school, we getting back what we done sold. I think it's a shame that we got to start building more schools that act like prisons instead of educational systems because we done sold listen to our education. I think it's a shame that we got to continue to build more mental health places because we done sold the mental health issue instead of doing what we're supposed to do. See, we don't think of it that way. But all of this evil, that's all this stuff, and you're blaming Trump. Well, let me tell you something. You can blame Trump all you want. You better check and see what you done sold. Because see, Trump they gave hatred freedom. But it was always sitting there. And we done sold it. And now it done released itself. You can blame him if you want to. All he did was suppress it. Jesus is saying, come to my altar. And you need to lay aside all this envy, strife, and hate. And start sowing your release. That's why when the New Testament Christian, he looks at money. And what does the Bible say? Where your heart is. Where your heart is. Is where your treasure is. So Paul is telling us today that you need to get it right with Jesus. Because when you start giving the way God wants you to give, life gets a whole lot better. I didn't say you was going to get rich. I said you will get peace. I didn't say you're going to live on a mansion. I said you're going to get joy. I didn't say you was going to look like you was in Gucci bags and stiletto shoes. But you will get the love of Jesus in your life. I didn't say that you're going to be sitting on TV talking about how great you are. But you will get back is a loving relationship with God and be able to bless folk and be able to receive blessings because God is in your life. This ain't a sermon about getting rich, but the richness that you need to get is not about stuff. It's about the love and the fruits of what Jesus came into your life to give you. He said, I gave you love, joy, peace, kindness, patience. He said, that's the great things that you need. I don't want to be patient. He said, patience is a virtue. Because if you learn to be patient, then you'll be able to understand what I need to take you through. But if you're a McDonald's Christian, then you don't get McDonald's results. You're going to end up eating it up and want more and more. But if you got me in your life, I'm more than enough. You'll be satisfied. You'll be grateful. And you'll be able to go through.
a New Testament steward. He don't worry about giving the minimum. He understands that he wants to give all that Christ wants him to give. The question is, am I faithful in my giving? What am I reaping? And what am I sowing? That's a reflection of what you give me. And all this hurt and pain and suffering, you better check your journey. And then learn to do what God done told us to do. If you got an eye against your brother, before you even bring me your gift, go get it straight. Lay aside the first fruit that I done prospered you with so that when you come to my house, you are able to give in proportion to what I done done for you. Learn to get your life under the option of my life. And through my life, you will start to live a blessed life. The struggle today is you want the world instead of him. Well, I'm glad to announce to you that I love to have him, that I'm not worried about the world. But let me tell you something. If I'm with him, and I can give to him, he takes care of my worldly things, and I get blessed day by day. That's because of who I am, because of who he is. You gotta be faithful. Because yeah. then when you're doing it right, yeah. and when it's all said and done, you want God to give your benediction this way. You have been faithful Woo. over a little. Yes. Now enter into my house yeah. with the joy of the Lord. Because yeah. once you've been faithful with that, man, I'm gonna make sure that you have more than you ever had before. Faithfulness is the key yes. Yes. to a new testament yes. Christian. Yes. When I was learning these principles, I used to tell Jesus, I'd rather live under the law. Because then I knew what to do. I just give 10%. I was good. Then he said, I didn't create you to be a robot. I create you with the freedom. And I want to liberate you. Not under the constraints of the law, but out of the joy of your life. That you and your relationship with me is always in abundance because of what I'm willing to do. The New Testament to the Christian must remember you under volunteerism. You can do what you want. You can live the way you want. But notice one thing. Whatever you reap, you're going to sow. And then, he said, when the benediction comes, and if you don't hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, just know you barely got in. 
Don't expect to be in a mansion. Don't be on the streets of gold thinking you're going to be on the streets of gold. Don't think you're going to get all this stuff that we be preaching about when you get to heaven. Let me tell you what the truth is. You barely got in. And what you got is what you gave him. Amen. 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 The doors of the church is open. I'm not asking you to evaluate your gift. I'm asking you to evaluate your relationship. Because if we evaluate the truth, then we will start to free ourselves of the lie. When we look at Jesus, are we obedient to whatever he tells us to do? Or are you willing to just keep taking and never give it? God is saying, I want to bless you. I want you to live a life of abundance and fullness. I know you're being under attack by this world. And I know that you want all that this world thinks it has for you. But like Michelle Obama said in her memoir, I did everything the world told me to do. And I wasn't happy. 